If by chance you do not know what your spiritual gift is, and or you are wondering just how God may want to use you in his kingdom. If that's the case, then I got good news for you today. For today, God has sent me to be your spiritual concierge and to meet you at the door and welcome you into the caretaking ministry of the church. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for everybody to say amen because that is a ministry that is a fit for every Christian. Listen to me now. Every Christian is built for the caretaking ministry of the church. Matter of fact, when you said I do to Jesus, when you confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you are automatically inducted into the caretaking ministry of the church. Now, the caretaking ministry of the church has a mission statement. The mission statement is this. We are our brother's keeper. Let me say it again. That's the mission statement. We are our brother's keeper. And don't you dare walk with a cane. Not a C-A-N-E. You may need to walk with that. But a C-A-I-N. Because Cain was the first one to be derelict in the fundamental duty of being his brother's keeper. C-A-I-N, Cain. Don't you walk with a cane because we are called to be our brother's keeper. And the very, matter of fact, the only objective of the caretaking ministry is golden. And that is, do unto others as you would have others to do unto you. And ironically and interestingly, we discover from the word of God that the first congregational caretaking ministry was several millennia, millennia ago with the children of Israel. As they were preparing to go into promised land, we see God's word revealing to us the essence of God's desire for his people to know how to take care of their brothers. And see, I want you at Deuteronomy chapter 22 and 1 through 4, I want you to take a real close look at something I'm going to tell you about right now because it's an interesting shift. I want you to notice Pastor Moses' shift in his ministry, and particularly in his sermonic ministry, his preaching ministry. He's elderly now, but he shifts his notes from teaching about and preaching about um, going into the promised land and having victory over your enemy, he shifts from that to going into the promised land and have victory as a community. And to have victory as a community, this is how we win. To win and have victory as a Christian community, we have to learn how to take care of one another. Because we all win when we learn how to take care of one another. But here, here it is. We all lose when we fail to take care of one another. Amen. So notice Pastor Moses shift in his preaching notes from going over, driving out the many, driving out the enemy for victory to going in and being a community that knows how to take care of one another. Verse 1. Now I know you queued up, right? Amen. You got your Bibles open. Amen. You shall not see your brother's ox. You see that? Uh -huh. 
Now, keep in mind the culture, this is an agrarian society. In other words, this is a society that makes its functions, makes its living off of agriculture. They, 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 they farm, they have cattle, they have sheep. So keep it within that, in that context. You shall not see your brother's ox or sheep going astray and ignore them. You shall take them back to your brother. In other words, we, he's teaching them as a community, I'm going to give you the victory. That's a done deal. I'm driving them out. But when you set up shop there, when you start living there, when you start making your income, learn how to take care of your brother. Don't just be concerned about your own sheep. Don't just be concerned about your own field, your own arts. But if you see your sister's stuff being disconnected from your sister, then notice what it says. You can't ignore that. Amen. You shall take them back to your brother yes. or your sister. Uh -huh. And this is really interesting to me in verse 2 because God seems like God always wants to step up our game. Seems like God always wants to have us to do the unusual, if you will, to, to, to go further in our ministry. I so love it when I hear the testimonies of what God is doing in the life of his children. Yeah. And when I hear you talking about what God is doing, when I hear you, the, the ministry at the cafe is there, they're going to serve the community, and it so blesses me. They're going to go to the high rise. It says to me, they're take, this is not, see, I, I you, God should teach you, should have you all to write a book on how to, how to, how to have your ministry transform into a, have your business be a ministry. Amen. God can use you two to write a book to have your business become a ministry. You see what I mean? It's, it's still a business, but it's a ministry. You see what I'm saying? And see, see, it says to me that they're willing to take it to another level, to another, to, to, to a higher level, another step. And God is always wanting us not to be content where we're at, but to take our service, to take our help, take our concern for other people to another level. And I'm not talking about just looking inwardly at taking our, how we develop and how I can better myself and how I can do this. But how can we help somebody else get better? How can we help someone else to go to the other level? Because here's what, because this is what verse 2 reveals. Verse 2 blew me away. It says, if he does not live near you, your brother whose sheep and ox go astray, his material uh, possessions, and you see them disconnected from him, and he don't live near you, or if you don't even know who he is, you shall bring it to your home. That's going to other. That's going to. That's going to the other level. That's taking it to. That's, that's taking it higher. You 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 know what I mean? Cause that says that says you know what that says that says that you got to take somebody else's cattle in an agricultural society, their ox, their sheep, and you got to take it to your house and you got to keep it, keep up with it. That means you got to feed it, you got to nurture it, you got to caretake it. You have to have to have a pen for the sheep. You have to do that for your brother or your sister. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. That's going the extra. That's taking the extra step. To, are, are you with me? Amen. That's taking the extra Amen. step now Amen. To, to look out for, for your brother. But you know the mission statement. When you signed on to be Jesus, uh, to be Jesus' brothers and sisters, he, Jesus is our elder brother. Amen. Amen. He's our elder brother. When we signed on into fellowship with Jesus, 
We signed on to the caretaking ministry Amen. of the church. And it shall stay with you until your brother seeks it. And that implies that you have to expend. You have to put out. You have to spend money to caretake his cattle, to caretake his sheep. You have to spend time to see that they're taken care of until he comes looking for it. And then when he comes looking for it, you can't pull rank and say, oh, no, 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 I've been taken care of. You've got to buy it back. Uh-uh. Mm. You shall give it back to him. Amen. Amen. Are you all mad? No. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's get God in praise. I, 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 uh, let me get, let's get God in praise. I see you looking at me, but I say, I, uh, I'm trying to gauge your faces. But isn't that amazing how God wants us to go the extra mile to go above and beyond the next level, if you will, to look out for somebody else? But I'm so glad that Jesus went the extra mile to go to Calvary. When he stumbled under the weight of the cross, he went the extra mile to go to Calvary. Anybody else? Are you glad about that? He went to Calvary. He took the extra steps to get up after stumbling under the weight and burden to go to Calvary for you and for me. Then you shall restore to him and you shall do the same with his donkey, with his garment. You can't say, oh, this is nice piece. This is nice coat here. I'm keeping this. I'm putting this in my own cupboard. No, no, no. You know that belongs to somebody else. Somebody drop a $100 bill <clears throat> going up the steps, and they don't know they dropped it. But nobody else has been on that steps except that person and that $100 landlord. Oh, you ain't, ain't no finders, keepers, losers, weepers. You know who that $100 belongs to. You take that $100 back, and if the person is gone, you hold it. Amen. Until you see that person again, and when you see that person again, you say, look, I found this. This was your hundred. I know it was yours. Nobody else was walking that time, and I'm giving you your hundred dollars back. Yes. Now I want to see your face. Amen. Okay, okay, okay. I just want to check. <laughs> but that's the principle. Um, you got to do the same with the clothes. You know, anything that your brother or sister have lost, which he loses, and you shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox falling down by the way and ignore them, you shall help your brother or your sister to lift them up again. The idea here is plain and clear that God is teaching us because he's preparing us. And God wants to take us, I know God wants to take us places, but he wants us to understand and apply his truth in our lives so we can be the blessed church. Amen. So we can be the best. You, 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 we, you, we're not just blessed because we show up on Sunday. That's a good thing to do. That's a good religious thing to do. But we're blessed when we know God's word, when we obey God's word, Amen. we live God's word, when we apply God's word. Blessed are those who do Amen. my word. And that's why God has me teaching this book because it's a True. good, good, good preparation yes. series to help us to experience the promised land of God's blessings for us. And I want to tell you, I've said it again, I'll repeat it again. We will never, ever be the church that God would have us to be if we're not helping somebody else. If we're not serving somebody else. That's why we, I said, Sue, let's do that Christmas bar. Absolutely, let's do that Christmas bar. We got to help people. Every opportunity we get, we got to make opportunities to help people. We got to go the extra mile to help people. Because Jesus went the extra mile for us. Now, I'm not a farmer 
probably, most of you here, most of you on Facebook probably are not farmers. I grew up in the asphalt jungle, so I don't know about <laughs> cattle and, and sheep. But there are... <laughs> I, I, let me stop there. <laughs> I was thinking about but anyhow. Um, there are some principles. We don't so much deal in the city with oxen and sheep and, and, and so forth like that. But here, there are three vital principles that the text is teaching us about being our brother's keeper, being our sister's uh, keeper. And God has made it clear that God wants me to make these principles known to you that the text reveals. The first is this. The first principle is this. Let me unpack this. It's clear from the text, from verses 1 through 4, that we demonstrate our commitment to God by our commitment to one another. Amen. Can you feel me? Amen. Let me say it again. This is, this, is, this is the principle that the text, they're dealing with oxen, oxen, sheep, garments, and anything your brother loses. When your brother, you see him broken down on the side of the road, go and help your brother. It's, it's kind of like what it's saying in verse 4. But the idea here by way of principle is we show our commitment to God by showing our commitment to one another. Amen. You see, I told you this before, but it's apropos for this sermon right now. Many years ago, I walked into a church one time and I saw this banner inside the church. It kind of startled me, but I understand that it's absolutely true. The banner inside the church said, we can do no more for God than what we do for each other. Let me say it again. The banner said, we can do no more for God than what we do for one another. And I first looked at it, and, I, and it kind of startled me, but I thought about it. I said, you know what, that's true. That's true. We're the body of Christ. Amen. We're Christ's feet. Right. We're Christ's hands. Amen. We're Christ's heart right. on earth. Jesus has gone back to heaven on the right hand of God, but he left us here as his body to serve in his stead through the replacement ministry of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost replaced him on earth, right? Amen. The Holy Ghost is with us. That's right. Amen. But the physical body of Jesus, he's the eternal God-man now Amen. in heaven, Amen. but he has left us to be his hands. He has left us to be feet. And see, you know, you know, I say it to you like this. I put this on your sheet in 1 John chapter 4, 20 and 21, and I hope you don't mind if I paraphrase it. In other words, to love God is to love your brother and to love your sister. Amen. And so 1 John 4, and I'm paraphrasing there, kind of puts it like this. If you say that you love God and hate your sister, oh, hate your brother, it, clear, it says you're a liar. The word says that. It, says, it uses L-I-A-R. It says you're lying. It says how can you say that you love God who you have not seen? And hate on your sister or your brother who you see every day. How can you do that? You haven't seen me, so how can you say you love me and you hate on your brother that you see every day? Jesus clearly identifies himself with people on earth. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was sick and you didn't come see about me. I was in prison. You didn't come visit me. 
I was thirsty. You didn't give me. When did we see you, Jesus, sick? When did we see you in prison? When did we see you hungry? When you didn't do it to the least of them. My brethren, you didn't do it to me. Jesus constantly identifies with people. And sometimes we treat seats, carpet, tables, walls better than we treat people. Come on, preacher. Don't you drop that on this carpet? <laughs> but forget about she ain't nothing but a you know how she is. She ain't nothing. You ain't got to talk about you don't have to take her nothing. You don't have to help her. She's an alcoholic. You ain't got she ain't nothing but a she 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 ain't nothing but a drug addict. But don't you drop anything on this carpet? Jesus didn't die for carpets. Jesus died for people. In caring about our loved ones, and get this, including our brothers and sisters in Christ, we must always have their best interests at heart. Can you hear that? We must always have their best interests at heart. I'm not trying to tear you down. I don't want to gossip about you. I don't want to talk about you. It's unfortunate that I hear church people gossiping about other people in the church. Show me that in scripture. That you're to run down your brother and sister. That you're to talk about them. That you're to criticize them. No, 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 no. It says, matter of fact, it says the exact opposite. It says, how can you help your sister take the toothpick out of her, uh, her eye? Well, you got a great big log in yours. Help us, Lord. And you can't tell me that you have no issues. You can't tell me that. You're human. That's right. Jacked up. She said the teeth. Reminded me of my 60s term. Jacked up, you jacked, you jacked up. So how you gonna criticize somebody else and you whack? Help me understand that. Help us, Jesus. Please help us. Please John 3:16. For God so loved the world, the cosmos, every nation, tribe, and tongue, that He gave His only begotten Son. So whoever believes in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting, eternal life. Galatians 6, 9, and 10, let us not be weary in well-doing, for there is reaping if we faint not. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, Amen. but especially to those of the household of faith. Amen. That's us. That's the church. That's God's people. This is how they will know on Dixon Street that we love the Lord. This is how they will know on Woodland Street that we love the Lord because they see we have love for one another. Yeah. They see, if they see us in fighting, if they see us fighting in-house, how are we going to tell them about the love of Jesus, how awesome God is, how loving God is, and they see us fighting or they hear us talking about people in the church and they hear us and believe me, when we're around other people, we gossip about other people in the church. I hear it. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell people, I'm not trying to listen to that. 
I'm not trying to listen to that. And I want to tell you something. When we talk about other people who's in our own congregation, in our own church, and you think nobody else know about what you're saying, let me tell you something. Every closed eye ain't sleep. Okay. Come on now. I got another point. Just, just, just three. They're principles, but they're principles that we need, I need to teach, we need to know, and this is from me through the foyer. We all need to hear this. Amen. It's for you on Facebook too, Facebook Live. The second principle is this. Now this should really grab you. Even when your feet are hurting, go the extra mile with your sister. Even when you got bunions and cores and tight shoes, go the extra mile. <laughs> go the extra mile with your sister. Go the extra mile with your brother. I've already told you why. Jesus had hands like your hands and my hands. Jesus had feet like your feet and my feet. But he went the extra mile to be nailed. Not for his sins. He didn't have any. But for your sins and for my sins. Back in my day, when I was coming up, one of the groups back then that, you know, used to do some rhythm and blues stuff we used to listen to a bit was a group by the name of Sly and the Family Stones. And um, his name was Sly Stone, but the group was Sly and the Family Stones. And they had a song on it's a family affair. And see, that's what God would have us to understand. We are family. This is a family affair, and we have to look for one another. We have to care. We got to love and care because it's a family affair. We care about one another, and we love one another, and you ain't heavy. You my brother. You ain't heavy. You my sister. And I'm willing to bend down, and I'm willing to get under the load with you, and I'm willing to help lift with you. And I have to lift and pick you up. God will give me the strength. He will give me the strength to do that. But you ain't heavy. My sister. You my brother. If you get any hurting feet, keep stepping. Jesus will give you the power to step even when our feet is hurting to help somebody else. We are taught to give our time, our talents, and our treasures. Isn't that correct, Sister T? Amen. We are taught to give our time, our talent, and our treasures sacrificially. But here's the thing I want you to get. There is no sacrifice when there is no pain. Sacrifice implies pain. Remember the cross? That was sacrifice. That was pain. I talked to you last week about the agony and the ecstasy. There's always agony before ecstasy. Remember Jesus? There is no sacrifice. We talk about giving sacrificially. That means giving to it hurts. That means... Given sacrificially means the sacrifice has to be that on some level it, it hurts. I mean, is you remember the woman who just gave two pence, two mites? She Jesus said she gave more than all the rich people did. 
Not because of the amount, but because of the sacrifice. Guess what? She gave all she had. That was the sacrifice, right? It's not a sacrifice if it don't, if there's no tug there, if it's not hurting. If, if, if you can give a thousand dollars and that's not nothing, that's, that's not enough for you to give, that's not a sacrifice. It got to be, you know, got to put you out a little bit for it to, to be truly, truly considered to be a sacrifice. There got to be some pain. Remember Isaiah 53, 5? He was wounded. That's pain. For our transgressors, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for his peace, our peace was upon him. That's sacrifice. And by his stripes, pain, sacrifice. By his stripes, we were healed. Thank you, Jesus. Greater love has no man than this. John 15, 13, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Last point, last point. Minimize your words and maximize your actions. Minimize your words, maximize your actions. I found that looking through one, verse one through four. I haven't seen anything in here about you talking to, calling, you, you know, sending uh, I guess the way they communicated back then was you send, attach a note to a bird or something and fly and hope the bird locates your person. Long distance, it doesn't say anything about trying to communicate with them. It says get that animal, and if you can't find them, if you don't know where they take it to your house, and you keep it until, until you see them again. It, it, it's nothing there about talking a good game, but it's about doing things. It's about it's about action. You know, what I was thinking about as a, as a good analogy, we don't have oxen and cattle in, in the hood or um, you know, where I grew up anyway, or I don't know if any of you got, do anybody here got any ox or sheep? Because I shouldn't be so presumptuous. Okay, that's what I thought. See if this helps you. It says you got to go get that ox, you got to take it to your house. Suppose your good friend, one of your best friends, Wally, let's say call him Wally, comes to visit you, and Wally has a pet mouse, right? And Wally loves his pet mouse. We're going to call him Pinky, call him Pinky. And Wally takes his pet mouse everywhere he goes because he loves his pet mouse. This is to help you understand love from God's perspective. And when Wally comes to your house, he brings his pet mouse with him to your house. And while he's at your house with the pet mouse in his cage, you and him are talking in some kind of way. Pinky, his pet mouse gets out the cage into your house. <laughs> help me, Jesus, help me. Here's what love will do, and this is the principle. They talk about oxen and sheep, but here's the principle that God wants to understand. You help your good friend Wally search your house to find that mouse. And when you can't find the mouse, because that mouse is hard to find in your house. When you can't find Wally's mouse, and Wally goes home sad because he don't have Pinky anymore. He don't have his pet mouse anymore. He goes home sad. This is what love will do. Love will sit up all night long because the mouse got to come out at some point. The mouse is going to come out at some point. Here's what love will do. 
<laughs> Elijah, Elijah get with it, Elijah's with it. At some point, that monster's coming out. Here's what love would do. Love will sit up all night and wait for that mouse to come out. And when you spot that mouse in the corner of your kitchen, in the corner of your kitchen, you know what love will do? Love will get that corner of that mouse, pick that mouse up, put it back in his cage, and take that mouse back to Wally. That's what love would do. Amen? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was, Amen. <laughs> but I think you get the picture. No, you get the picture, right? Lisa, you get the picture, though. I mean, you get the picture, though, right? What, what, what love, love must go the extra mile. That's why I say even when your bunions and corns are in tight shoes, God always wants us to go the extra mile. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, I'm going to help Pastor with this sermon. He said, Mousetrap, Pastor. That's love. Oh, wow, Mousetrap. That's deep, though. I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm sad about little Pinky with the Mousetrap. But, but anyhow. <laughs> I, 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 it, it's good to have a church that loves the word. It's good to have a church that loves And we have fun together with it. But listen to what the word says in Matthew 5. I, I have decided that this has to be read. Matthew 5, 38 through 44. And the reason why I'm, I'm reading this is that you have to be aware of the question. The question is, is it usual for you to do the unusual? Think about it. Is it usual for you to do the unusual? I want, I, I want you to think, think, think about that. Years ago, I used to be a member of the Baptist Ministers Conference, and, and preachers preach every conference, you know, and um, after the preacher would preach, somebody would always stand up and say, let's do the unusual. For the, for, the, for the preacher. And what that meant is that you always take up an offering for the preacher. What that meant is you really want to give him a really awesome, bountiful offering. Go the extra step in giving the preacher a bountiful offering. He blessed us with the word and so forth. So I make a motion that we do the unusual. Here's my question. When it comes to taking care of people, particularly in the household of God, is it usual for you to do the unusual? Because this is what the reason, I got this from the word, Matthew 5, 38 through 44. You have heard, listen to this, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You, you, are you listening? Yeah. But I say unto you, not to resist an evil person. Don't resist them. But whosoever slaps you on your right cheek, I'm looking at y'all's cheeks. I want you to know I'm looking at But whosoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to them your left cheek. And I'm still looking at your faces. I'm looking at your face. That's going the extra mile, right? I mean, in, in matter of fact, since I say going the extra mile, it, 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 it's, it's not done. If any of you, if anyone wants you or if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, give to them your cloak or your coat also. And whosoever compels you to go one mile, go with them two miles. That's where I get the whole idea is, is it usual for you to do the unusual? 
If, if not, as I, as I preach to myself, as I work these questions over myself, am I lining up with the word, God, what do I need to do to help people more? That's the bottom line. What do we need to do to help people more? We got to have a shoebox ministry. Amen. We got to help babies. We got to help children. Amen. We're not a social club. We're not just coming here to sit and hear sermons. We hear, we hear sermons to inspire us to do God's will. Amen. And that's God's will is always to help somebody. You know who winds up getting blessed when you help somebody? You. Amen. Amen. Thank you. In addition, they get blessed too. I just want to close with introducing you to Minnie and Maxie. Anybody here know Minnie and Maxie? Let me just ask, ladies, do you remember mini skirts back in the day? Maybe I should ask the men. Men, do you remember mini skirts? <laughs> Maybe that's the one I should ask. And then, do anybody, is anybody here? Let me, let me see. I don't, I don't know if I got enough old heads here. But not. Do anybody remember the maxi coats? They were long. They called the maxi You remember the maxi coats? They were called maxi They had mini skirts and they had maxi coats. Yeah. Then I want to introduce you again to Minnie and Maxi. Because Minnie and Maxi is not only earthenware, clothingware, it's Christian wear. Okay. Minimize your words. That's Minnie. Maximize your actions. That's Maxi. And, and <laughs> bless your heart. Thank you, Elder Mike. Bless, it, bless, bless your heart. And um, if you see that someone uh, has, a, has a need, this is important. If you see someone has a need, don't ask them if they have a need. If you see that they got one, you don't have to ask them. Give them what you can see that they need. And, 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 and just go about your business. Give them what they stand in need to go. The Bible says if you see somebody destitute and somebody hungry and somebody naked and cold, you don't just go say, okay, be warm, be filled. See you later. I'll pray for you. And you got the means to help them. It says don't do that. It says first, first give them what they stand in need of, then pray for them. Amen. So, you know, Next person you see begging on the corner, I got a couple spots I can tell you about right now. The end of North Avenue, as you go towards East Street, end of North Avenue, always somebody standing there with a sign. And I know what some of you thinking, I'm not giving them money to buy drugs. I'm not giving you them money to buy alcohol. Well, if you know about their life in that kind of detailed fashion, then go to, next time you go to McDonald's then, Get an extra bag of food then. Right. Not only your food, get what you're getting for yourself, but then get an extra bag. And drive past North Avenue at the end of North Avenue where they're standing with a sign and just say, you know what? Because even if they do got a drug problem or alcohol, that probably means they haven't, they're not eating that regularly. <laughs> if they are addicted, they're probably not eating like they should be eating. And say, you know what? You know, I just got this bag of food that I'd like you to have. I believe you can use some food. And do that and be a blessing to somebody. Amen. 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 <laughs> Praise be to God. Don't just talk love. Live love. And give love. Follow God. For God didn't just talk love. John 14, 23. He talked it, but he didn't do that. He gave love. John 3, 16. 1 John 4, 10 and 11. Because God is love, 4 John 4, 8. I'm closing this message by saying, you know what? 
This message talked about welcome to the caretaking ministry of the church. Every day, the caretaking ministry of the church, which we all are members of, need to come to the debt counter and pay our debt. Come on now. Every day. And the debt counter is the life of somebody else. Because the Bible says, owe no man anything except to love. That's what we owe one another, is to love one another. So to go to the debt counter of somebody's life and pay your debt of love to somebody who may need to be loved, we don't know what somebody's story is. Right. Somebody may not have had anybody to tell them anything encouraging. We don't know their story. And when we show them love, we're paying the debt that God commands us to pay. And sometimes people need an encouraging word more than they need money. Amen. Come on and join me on your feet. Glory to your name, Lord. And if you believe God's word, would you just give God a hand, pray? And when you find Pinky the mouse, turn Pinky back in to turn the mouse back in. Take him out the mouse trap. <laughs> Somebody says, take him out the mouse trap. I, I don't want him in the mouse trap. Cause that, mouse trap can be brutal, but, but, but take, Pinky, take Pinky back. And if you have to carry him in your own hand, you know he's cute. <laughs> oh, God is good. Father, in the name of Jesus.